Hi there. Thanks for listening to this Go Erie podcast. I'm Erie Times News online reporter Sarah Grabsky, and I'll be your host today. What do you love about Erie? What makes it such an interesting place to live? Most would argue it's the people that live here. Today, we meet a few of them who happen to love ghost hunting. Ghosts? That's what Bill Cook, lead investigator of the Pennsylvania Society of Paranormal Research Group in Erie, hopes to answer for you for free. You know, if there's any spirits in this room, this is a recording device that can capture your voice. If you try to speak clear and loudly into this light, we can possibly capture your voice and you can communicate with us. Bill's originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. He grew up in an old 1900s era house. Weird things happened inexplicably throughout his childhood. A hobby was born. There was five of us, five siblings growing up, and uh, there was one night we were playing cards, and we had a, a ball roll in the room from another room, and it came from the area. When you walked in the front door, there's a coat closet with two big mirrors on the front of the doors, original to the house that was built in 1900. And my nephew, which was two at the time, Every time he'd go by the mirrors, he'd talk about the man in the mirror. And it just, you know, was a spooky kind of thing. And my brother and I used to stay up late, and we'd have different instances where we'd hear things or, or different things. And at that time, we were teenagers. We didn't know to grab recorders or, or whatever else, you know. When I first met Bill, I guess I was a bit skeptical. He seemed so normal. Hey, Bill. How are you today? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. And in reality, he really is a normal guy. You want to go inside or where do you want me to? Yeah. I, I set okay. up some of our stuff. Okay. Here. He's 41. He stays at home during the day and he takes care of his kids. A blended family, he and his wife have six together and he spends his free time investigating ghosts. Who knew investigating ghosts could be a full-time hobby? You know, I personally believe that people can go back and forth. Um, they come back and hang out with you every now and then, special occasions, birthdays, holidays, and some sometimes people just like the place they lived in and they come back or they just stay there. <laughs> it's strange, but I I never, I, every place that we investigate, I look at it as it's not haunted. You have to prove to me that it is haunted. So what exactly is haunted then? What makes a place haunted? What happens? Uh, shadow figures, uh, disembodied voices, um, strange noises, footsteps, um, doors shutting, doors opening, windows closing, <laughs> opening, those kinds of things that when nobody else was there. And, you know, we catch voices on our recorders and uh, sometimes we're lucky enough to catch capture shadows on video. He captures all of this phenomenon on equipment, ghost gear, if you will, and he's got more than you could imagine cameras, audio recorders, even something he called a REM pod that's supposed to recognize energy shifts in the room. So you can actually communicate with somebody if somebody's in the room. You can say if you touch this antenna, you can make it go off, you know, and if you say make it green for yes or all of them for no, you can get responses. I met Bill on a Wednesday. We played with some of the equipment and we talked about the group. He told me that Katie Another one of the group's investigators accompanies him normally on these hunts. So does the group's psychic medium, Sue. He said the group normally has around six to eight people who come on these paranormal investigations. And he offers these services for free. 
Normally they'll go into private residences, but every once in a while they'll do public places. They've been to the Judson House and Waterford and Hotel Kanye recently. He says he likes smaller groups. He gets more action that way. They've been doing investigations since 2010, and they had one set up for Saturday, it just so happened. Of course, I had to go. It is 1.51 a.m. It is literally a dark and stormy night here in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I am headed to the Barracks Tavern in Gerard, and we are going to hunt some ghosts. But before we get to that, I was curious to hear what some of Bill's closest encounters with the paranormal were. What was I actually in for? He talked briefly about the weird happenings in his childhood home, like what you heard earlier, but one investigation in particular stood out to him that he'd done at a private residence in Fairview. Her twins were two, and she had moved into uh, a a townhouse in uh, Fairview, and um, she was having activity where the kids didn't even want to go home anymore. She'd pull up and they'd start crying, and she'd like change their diaper, and uh, Mary would say, stop pulling my hair, or, or like something was pulling your hair, and nothing was pulling your hair, and they would look over her shoulder and like look at something, and they were talking about somebody in their room, and then it got to the point where one night they had uh, one of those like Thomas the Train tables, you know, and she heard the trains moving. And so she went on Facebook and, and posted, you know, hey, does anybody know what you can do in this situation. There's more than one reason why that investigation in particular stands out in Bill's mind, but I'll touch more on that later. He also shared with me one of the times he thought he recorded someone or something speaking on an electronic voice recorder during a hunt. The paranormal junkies call these EVPs, electronic voice phenomenon. Now, these happen quite frequently, but he got the best EVP he'd ever heard at the Judson House investigation in Waterford some seven years ago. We were in that room and we had some equipment sitting on on something and I was telling the other investigator to, to, as I take it off there and, you know, going to move it somewhere else. Spirit repeats me twice and says, take it off. That's crazy, isn't it? Okay, so that was a bit creepy, but I still had to see this for myself. As Bill walked me through the barracks tavern the night of our investigation, I was feeling rather confident that nothing was going to happen. He had set up four cameras connected to MacBook laptops stationed throughout the bar, and he'd placed devices and recorders all throughout the building. The creepiest part was walking down into this dingy old basement. It was rumored a prisoner had hanged himself there when the building used to house the old police barracks. This is the death trap. Wait until the lights are out. Yeah, it's like death. Well, obviously it's a basement. It's cooler down here, but... This is like the main office. That clip was Bill taking me down into the basement before we started the investigation. Talk about the heebie-jeebies. Bill had also done interviews with a few employees before the hunt began to hear some paranormal activity that they'd experienced. Another rumor that was circulating was that one of the previous bar owners had a heart attack and died in the ballroom while dancing. Amanda Adams, one of the bar's co-owners, had a few experiences herself that she strongly felt were somehow connected with the paranormal. But then me and the cook were in the kitchen one day and we were right out back smoking. Mm-hmm. And we were right by the door and the hand washing sink turned on. 
And I have cameras back there. There's nobody else in the kitchen. So I'm like, okay, maybe there is something crazy going on here, you know. So and then I was bartending one night. And it was just me and then I had two guys sitting at the bar. And we heard a moan come out of the banquet room. I'm thinking some drunk guys back there. And I'm like, oh, great. There's nobody back there. I had to admit that I kind of would be a little freaked out, too, if those things had happened to me. The night of the investigation is when I first met Katie, Bill's co-lead, and Sue, the group's psychic medium. All right, so I was in it now. It was just past 3 a.m. and it was time to begin. It was pitch black. I was seated at a square table in the bar's dining room with Bill, Katie, and Sam, a newbie to the group. The REM pod sat in the middle of the table. Bill began the investigation by instructing any spirits lingering how to use the equipment. I found that actually kind of funny that someone potentially hanging out from the 1800s was essentially given a two-minute spoken SOP to bring them back into 2018. And so if anybody's in this room with us, um, can you uh, please make the lights on this device go off? He was talking to the REM pod at this point. We got nothing. Silence. Ed, are you with us? That was Katie. She's trying to contact Ed Potter, a previous owner of the place. Can you tell me what year it is? Even though I was pretty skeptical, I was still kind of hanging on the edge of my seat. I don't know what I would have done had something actually answered. Were you here when it was the police barracks? Were you held here? The steady questioning went on for about another 30 minutes. Silence. Nothing. We heard a steady drip coming from outside but nothing that suggested Aunt Matilda was going to jump out from behind the bar. Maybe we'd get something on the recorders. At that point, we split up into two groups for about an hour, and we moved throughout the building. One was led by Bill and Katie, and the other group was led by Sue. I switched to Sue's group. We went into the ballroom and reception hall, and we did a flashlight session. Sue was asking questions to any potential spirits, and to answer, the spirit would turn a flashlight sitting on the table on and off. We got some sort of action, but nothing that Sue said was strong enough to assume anyone was with us. We made our way into the kitchen, where all those crazy things happened, and then down into the basement. I was certainly freaked out in the basement, but we got nothing. Silence. That was until a week later. I was listening back to my audio, and I nearly jumped out of my seat. I swear I heard a whisper during the flashlight session. So before you hear the clip, I'm going to give you some context. Sue had sworn she'd just seen a mirage or shadow run across the bar while we were sitting in the ballroom and reception hall. She's asking here for the shadow to present itself. Is this a whisper? Listen closely to this clip. If you are, come on. Light up the flashlight. We'll have a little conversation. If you would like. Right at the end there. Did you hear it? I must have listened back to it maybe 50 times. Was someone screwing with me? 
I thought maybe it was somebody at first adjusting in their seat, but that doesn't really sound like that. I couldn't, and I really still can't figure out what it was. So we moved around the rest of the bar. We moved into the kitchen, down into that creepy basement, and the rest of my audio followed the same pattern as before. Sue, Billy, or Katie asking a question, and then nothing. As we moved around the barracks, it dawned on me that it was now 4.30 a.m. I was in a bar in Gerard Township hunting ghosts. Needless to say, other than that whisper, we really didn't find anything. And what was that whisper even? I guess we'll just really never know. Anyways, these people in this group do this for fun, not to mention for free, and at wee hours of the night. That got me thinking, how did they all find each other? That brings me back to the private residence investigation in Fairview that Bill was so eager to tell me about. Sue and Bill conducted the investigation. The woman's house who they were investigating? That was Katie's. It's me and my wife. That's how I met my wife was through the paranormal. Really? She called me to investigate. Yeah, and then that's how we met. Our t- our, we're telling our paranormal story, how we met. Yep, they're married. They got married in 2017, and they spent their weekends doing this. I guess if you're going to specialize in the weird and the paranormal, Erie's the place to do it. And Erie is definitely the place to find your soulmate doing it. So I was getting ready to put the final touches on this podcast and wrap up this story when an email from Bill popped into my mailbox on a Sunday. I don't know if you've heard, but the barracks caught on fire last night. They had five to six different fire departments dispatched. Still waiting to hear how bad it was. Oh my gosh. I opened GoEerie to see the story at the top of our page. Fire damages Gerard Township Tavern, the headline read. I opened it to read the fire was found around 3.50 a.m., exactly one week after our investigation there. Two firefighters were injured battling the blaze, but no one was inside at the time. By no means am I implying that our investigation has anything to do with this fire, but it's just strange. Bill said the fire was caused by a faulty cooler at a waitress station. Amanda said the tavern was hoping to reopen in about four to six weeks, the bar first and then the restaurant to follow. The damage was pretty severe, she said. So this is what I'll leave you with. While this entire situation is undoubtedly strange, Bill explained to me that most of the investigations that the group conducts, they don't really find anything or communicate necessarily. Many times they go into residences or places to find faulty piping, a loose drawer, or a creaky door. Times out of 10, if somebody says something about a door, we'll go in, shut the door, and walk all the way around the door, and then the door goes, because we step on a board. But sometimes, some things are just weird. Thanks for sticking with this Go Erie podcast. I've been your host, Erie Times News online reporter Sarah Grabsky. You can learn more about the PSPR Erie Group by contacting Bill at billpspr at yahoo.com or by calling him at 814-245-1400. 
You can also find more local podcasts like this one at goerie.com slash topics slash podcasts. You can also send any topics or suggestions you have for our series to my email, sgrabski at timesnews.com. Thanks for listening and stay weird, Erie.